Hello and welcome to Interactions Thrivalism. I'm Toby Brown and in this episode I'm talking to Emma Wharton-Love. I first met Emma shortly after she finished a stint as a director of hybrid working for the House of Commons, though she was also a client and engagement director for the Palace and Westminster Restoration Programme. She occasionally partners with Interaction as a workplace strategist, but the majority of her time is spent combining her creative and artistic talents with a deep understanding of the workplace as co-founder of We Are The Loves, an employer branding agency. In this episode, we discuss something many people, including me, struggle to get a handle on, the importance of an employee value proposition or EVP and attracting and keeping great people. It's a really interesting chat with lots of solid takeaways. I hope you enjoy it. Emma, welcome to Thrivalism. Obviously, we've known each other for quite some time, but do you want to give us a quick introduction to who you are and what you do? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. So I'm Emma Wharton-Love. I am co-founder and creative director of We Are The Loves, and we're an employer branding studio, and we focus on working with professional services firms. Nice. And we've talked quite a lot about EVPs, and that's what we're going to delve into in a bit today. And it's something that comes up on the podcast quite a lot when people talk about company culture and recruitment and talent attraction, but it's something that I've never really delved into in a huge amount of detail, and you're an expert in that space, so you're going to explain it all to me incredibly clearly. So EVP is a term that gets banded around quite a lot. What does it mean and what's it about? Yeah, it gets branded around a lot and everything kind of comes back to it really, which is why I guess everything you talk about comes back to it too. So EVP is really like the employer's equivalent of uh, the individual CV, if that makes sense. So it's what the organisation offers to someone to work there. It's like the social contract, like the exchange of your skills and your effort and your capabilities and everything you bring to your job and then what the company gives back to you. So that's pretty straightforward, but there's often a lot of misconceptions around it and companies trying really hard to get it right, but focusing in maybe the wrong areas of it. And sometimes when you hear EVP, you think, oh, that's just money or that's just your benefits. So what are the elements that make up a strong EVP for an employer? If you're if you're working in HR and you think, we're having a bit of a struggle with our talent attraction, we need to get our EVP or someone in the board tells you to sort your EVP out. What are the elements that you should be looking at first? Well, yeah, there are quite a lot of elements and there's some things that you wouldn't necessarily first think of that are really important. So I think it comes down to six different elements. So there's like the really basic ones like compensation and benefits and benefits being like those hard benefits, like the pension that your organisation contributes to for you or your like your health, private health insurance, that kind of thing. And then the others are more interesting perhaps they are the the culture of the organization the opportunities the organization gives you to develop as a person and in your career and the recognition it gives you and how valued that you feel it's also like what the company stands for as well in terms of its social responsibility and the sort of purpose as well comes into that too and then there's things like work environment which is very close to interactions heart and the kind of flip side of that which is like the flexibility that you have and the kind of levels of trust you have from your employer too so those six elements make up the evp and sort of work together to create this sort of like experience that you have at work and it's like their offer to you and then there's lots of overlapping things in that that probably sit in different departments sometimes. There's sort of process stuff and there's hr stuff. Who does the EVP generally belong with from a client side? Mm, that's a great question. In my experience, it's nearly always been the HR. 
but it's like it's HR working with everyone. But HR might own it, but actually it's kind of the best EVPs are employee-owned, really. Right. And they are, like, they're built bottom-up, as well as, you know, compensation and benefits, much more top-down, but all the other elements. To be a really effective EVP, it's bottom-up. So HR might hold it, but it's like how they engage with the rest of the organisation, be it other departments, but also just everyone in the organization to find out what is the essence of them to then bring it into an EVP. So in terms of creating a bottom-up EVP, what are the first things a company needs to do? Where does that originate from? Well, it's to work out what they stand for. And the best way to do that is to look at the company's strategy, vision, mission, values. But the real way to do that is to understand people's perceptions, the employees' perceptions that live it every day and understand what is important to them currently and in their roles and in working in that environment and what would be important to them theoretically. So that's sort of like that internal view. And that you could gather that through like surveys and interviews and informal kind of focus groups, that kind of thing. If you wanted to go one step further, it would also be about understanding from like the outside market, the people that you want to attract into the organisation to really understand what what's important to them as a workplace. And those would be the people that kind of have the right values alignment that val- then would align with your organisation. So EVP is about sort of encapsulating your values of an organisation in a sort of set of tangible things that then create an experience that is all about your values. Often when I think about this stuff, I imagine like a really big, boring corporate finance brand or something and then them trying to have a really funky young facing evp that brings on the best young talent how do brands and companies reconcile those two internal and external positioning elements yeah there's a few things there that come to mind but i think to be like a really believable true genuine evp it needs to like the employee experience and what it says in the evp needs to totally line up so the evp the way it's expressed through the company's employer brand, that might be like tone of voice and copywriting through to visually and sort of job adverts and that kind of thing. That needs to be really real in, based on what happens in, in people's day-to-day lives. If it's not, if there's kind of a disconnect between like the lived experience and how you're kind of promoting yourself as a business, I think people see right through that now. You know, when you're looking for a job, for example, you you look for what ex-employees have said about it, reviews, that kind of thing. Glassdoor. Glassdoor is the classic. And like, I hear a lot about people coming into the workplace now, younger generation are contacting ex-employees and like asking for asking for a chat about what it was like to work there so there's that and I think if you are still working in that organization where they're saying something outside but your lived experience is different inside the organization you kind of your level of trust goes and your level of engagement I think I guess if you get it wrong when people turn up on their first day they realize there's been a disconnect in what they've been sold and then exactly pretty quickly exactly because then like you're hiring people with different value sets to what the values are every day like sort of like the behavior a different profile the... picture on your online dating profile <laughs> it's a totally different person right. yeah exactly so like if you suddenly you think you've been sold something and you end up you just feel really dis- disconnected and disappointed immediately so and people just walk you mentioned young people there all this feels very targeted to like gen z millennials and bringing those in and it doesn't feel like something that's necessarily around 
a few years ago. So what's the relationship between those younger people in the workforce and a strong EVP? And why has that become more important recently? Oh, yeah. And I guess those two things are like totally connected. I don't think it wasn't there before, but I think it wasn't brought to the surface as much. It might have been called like an employee manual or something really boring like that. And some of these things might have been hidden in there. But I think what people are looking for from work today has really changed. And I think Gen Z are really driving that and millennials as well, be that, you know, the flexibility in how you work in whether you're working part-time or where you're working from. And there's a different expectation about what companies stand for as well, about their social impact. And I think that that weight has really shifted from just being about salary to being about kind of way more than that. And so I think that expectation of younger generations has really pushed EVPs to the fore, definitely. Well, it's... um... The stuff you've mentioned touches on lots of areas and is quite a, a holistic bit of work for a company to undertake and do. And it can sound quite a daunting task. What are some of the benefits for really engaging with your EVP and building out a really strong one? So many. So I think like the actually going about like developing your EVP and doing that engagement piece that I talked about earlier, like asking people what is important to them and like trialing things as well. You don't have to like develop something and then set it in stone and be like, oh, that's it forever. And not, it's, it's, also, it's iterative and about trying things, testing them, measuring them. But that is a really engaging exercise in itself and makes, makes people feel really valued. And like they are, have a real say in the company. And I, so I think that is almost worth it alone just for engagement and retention, therefore retention and kind of productivity. But then the other side of it, looking at kind of attracting talent to an organization, it's your sort of filter almost for making sure that you're really clear about what you stand for and like what that means in day-to-day life. Your values might say what you stand for, but it's hard to understand when you're outside, like what it really means. So being really explicit about that then helps sort of screen your applicants to make sure you get like a really good values fit on both sides. Yeah, I am. I was going through a recruitment process once and I, I think it's like six interviews uh, Ooh, for an American company. Hard. It's quite long, but they're all, all right. Yeah, I mean, it was awful actually. Um, but the last interview was, and I say interview in like air quotes, but it was just meeting two people from their cultural board who would, were just talking about their values and their standards and stuff like that and to sort of see if there was a fit there. Mm. And I thought that was a really interesting phase of an interview because it let me know they're really serious about that stuff because it was a monetary thing I had to do and if I hadn't got through that stage I wouldn't have got the job so obviously their values and their culture was an important thing to them but it also let me judge whether we were a good fit in those terms and whether that was all going to work and whether there was a sort of long-term future there I thought that was really interesting but then obviously lots of companies would be afraid to give up a bit of power in that interviewing process to two people off the culture committee or whatever those things are so yeah it was a good gamble that's really interesting though because I guess that also made you feel you're being hired for you as an individual as much as just your skills as well. It was a sort of holistic, a very holistic method yeah. to get me to understand the workings of the business and how it operates and what I could bring to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. But I've never seen it repeated since. So I wonder if that's something that people were doing or not. Probably not. Mm. Um, you mentioned about like testing and learning all the time and it might not ever be a fixed final thing. But how do you know if the employee value property you've got is working for you? I think you, right at the start, you set some metrics, you treat it like a project. And 
the metrics will be different depending on what your objectives are for your EVP and where your organization is at at that time. But there'll probably be metrics around internally around staff happiness and well-being and feeling of engagement and feeling valued. So that'd be like your classic staff surveys and just and how people feel entering the organization and leaving the organization as well. So gathering all that HR data. And then also on the recruitment side, it would be about the number of qualified candidates, if that goes up, the bet getting more people with the right values fit coming through, the cost for acquisition, whether people are leaving quite quickly after starting, all those hard metrics help to like really prove the case and then help you then keep it up to date. But then I think there's like just the softer getting feedback explicitly on your EVP like on an annual basis, like when you develop one or relaunch it. And when employees have been engaged in that process, part of the deal is that every year we then ask everyone again, like what's working, what's not, look at the uptake of different things within the EVP as well, and then swap things out really explicitly. Just keep it fresh. Yeah, exactly. Because what people want does change. And the world is changing quickly at the moment. Yeah. Is there um, stuff that people tend, because there's a lot of things to think about, is there stuff that people focus on that is maybe the wrong thing to focus on? Or do you see people paying their attention to areas that actually aren't having much impact long term? As in, like, companies paying me to pay attention yeah, to the wrong thing. Yeah, as in, like, they're trying to build an EVP and they put all their attention on the benefits package or, mm. you know, all their attention on the culture and forget about the, you know, are there, are there areas that you see people getting wrong a lot? I think it's really, it is about having a balanced portfolio because what is important to different people is really different. And there's a lot of talk about personalization at the moment. And sort of in the EVP space, there's um, a key trend that I'm seeing is that there's a lot of tools launching, particularly tech, not like online platforms and things that help personalize an offer that is kind of starts off being quite general. So people can pick and choose what's important to them. One example is a platform called Unmind, which is about mental health. And you can you can draw on whatever services are helpful for you at that life stage, which might be different now from five years time. Or Spotify do a really interesting thing where when you join, you can choose your different, how much equity and how much salary you get and things like that. So there's a lot of move towards personalization, which I think really helps guard against focusing on the wrong things in a way, because then you can if you focus on broadly on lots of on all those different six elements I outlined earlier, then people can choose how much they want to take from each. Really, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're almost putting the power back in the hands of the people who you're employing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because like, how who are we to know what individuals want? And like, what I wanted, what I want now is different to what I wanted two years ago. Yeah. So yeah. And you mentioned Spotify. Are there any other companies out there who you think are doing a really good job when it comes to building out their EVP? Yeah. And I think what we see of companies' EVPs is often like the employer branding element. So it's like how they've communicated their EVP. Because, so I'll just talk, I'll give you a couple of examples of that, which I think is, there's some really cool ones out there at the moment. But as a point I wanted to make is that EVP, your EVP is brilliant, but you need to, you have to bring it to life for your own employees, but also your outside audiences as well. I think EY have done a really interesting campaign, which they developed themselves internally. And I think it's called That's Why EY. And it's, it's, it's like an out of home campaign on tube, on the, on the tubes in London. And it's focusing really explicitly at, on tube stations where their competitor organizations are. Right. Nice. And, um, yeah. yeah I know. Stick it in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's like traditional media 
like really targeting their audience and but but they're using those poster campaigns to they each got a different provocative statement on them as to like to ask whether the person viewing it is happy in their employer basically and then saying what is so brilliant about ey and i think that's a really powerful going back to basics kind of campaign it's just saying like we're about this are you about this as well? Are you? Are your, is your current employer about that? The grass is always greener. Yeah. Come find us. Yeah. So I think that's Having a really a bad nice Monday one. morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other one that I love is Bumble, actually. Oh, right. yeah. So they, their like whole sort of platform is for the customer experience is about like bringing people together, whether it's, you know, lovers or friends. And what, and they've made that internal as well in that it's all about supporting everyone of every diversity and it's really core to them to promote diversity so they've sort of turned it around and i think that's really powerful because they've made their kind of evp really line up with what they're and they're and they're perfectly aligned with their their brand with their yeah yeah, with their exactly and i think that's really key as well because like these days a lot of people want to work for companies that they want to buy products from or buy services from. And that's often how like Gen Z first interact with an organization and like, right, I love that customer service. I want to work there. And as having that sort of alignment of the employer brand and the external brand is really important that it all works together. So building that employer brand out is something you do with We Are The Loves. Yeah. What are some things you do to, to help people there? I'll give you an example. It's the best way. So we worked with a management consultancy called Q5, and they've been like scaling really rapidly over the last 10 years. We've been working with them on recruitment. They've found it really hard to recruit people of about like eight to 10 years experience. So we worked with them to look at their EVP, and then we worked with their internal pe- internal people who were at that level already that they were trying to recruit to more. And asked them what was most important to them within the Q5's EVP. And we brought that, all those, all that feedback, we got really great survey feedback on it. And we just interviews and that kind of thing to put more color on it. And we grouped all their feedback into kind of three key themes, which is people, purpose, passion, and developed that into what we knew that their audience would engage with the most when they're used for building sort of recruitment marketing material. So we created a a short film, which um, was three minutes long, but then we divided it into short little sections as well to be used on social media too. So it was for use on social media and the careers page. And the idea was to follow three different people at that level they're trying to recruit to specifically around their day-to-day life of working with Q5. And we worked with them to write their own scripts. So it was like really genuine and to bring to life what it's really like there. So that's really lovely example how you went from evp through to like a creative output and we're actually up for an award for that one so quite excited about it it was a really rewarding project to work on because just hearing the really amazing stories of what it is like to work there it was um yeah fabulous so we so, wanted to join q5 after that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a dream result what if you went to a company and you help them with that and they turn out to be absolutely awful would you walk away from that I think it's about being genuine, but we would definitely feedback to them what their feedback is. I think that's the whole point of really engaging with 
with people in the organization about like what their lived experience is. If her lived experience is really tough, then they really need to work on their EVP before they look at their... So that brings to mind all the stuff around BrewDog recently where they've been from being a fairly obviously toxic employer to winning workplace awards and stuff like that. Yeah. And who knows what it's actually like at the, the heart of it. Does building a strong EVP help with a toxic workplace culture or is it just putting a sticking plaster on... Well, it depends how you do, how you go about it, doesn't it? Yeah. I think like if you're just gonna like sit in a room and create an EVP and tell everyone that's it, then that's not gonna help at all. That's exactly how I, I would do it. <laughs> <That's so weak. laughs> but if you engage with people and help them build and you build it together, then that gives that opportunity to give the feedback about what is working and what. There must be some things that people love to still to stay there, and what those things Come are. Come on, cash. Yeah, but also ideas, ideas for improvement. What could, what's going to add to the, you know, workplace experience. So I think EVP can help if it's done in the right way, and then it gives you like really tangible things to monitor, and like gives you like really clear actions of things to do that bring everyone together, and make it a better culture yeah okay yeah. Nice. we've talked a bit about development of ebps and how things have been over the past five years and how that's changed are there any emerging trends in the space that you've seen sort of heading our way yeah there are a few really interesting ones that i personally feel are brilliant and quite passionate about so in the kind of like compensation part of evp which is often just something people don't spend that much time thinking about it's just it is what it is there's a real trend now for like complete transparency about pay within an organization and also on job adverts there's lots of stats about how people leaving university won't even apply for a job if it doesn't say what the salary is and then there's like alongside that there's a a trend for fairness as there should be as there has been for many years but what's starting to emerge is that some companies are doing i think they call like they call them salary audits so when a new person joins an organization everyone else at that level is um, kind of their salaries are looked at against the new person that's joined. So there isn't this kind of like two tier structure of like promoting with from within when you kind of like almost get penalized. You don't get paid well, as much. I had a friend actually who worked for a big telecoms company and someone called him into an office one day and went, we've got an, an algorithm that shows whether you're in danger of leaving because you're not getting paid consistently with everyone else in your level. Says so a 14 grand pay rise. And he just walked out of their office like, Oh, that's, that's That is nice. fantastic. And I think you stayed loyal there for the next 10 years because you, you would. Yeah. yeah, you would. You absolutely would. And it just sort of like, if you don't get that, you feel unrecognised and it just brews resentment, doesn't it? And but alongside that, there's also a trend for kind of progression rather than promotion. So people wanting to like learn more and enhance their skill sets and maybe move sideways a bit okay rather than just sort of this fierce drive just to go up 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 in an organization is that linked in with having sort of portfolio careers and stuff where they can take things they're learning in one domain and use it in a in a side hustle and things it like that it may well be partly partly yes but i think also that we all know that our careers are going to be longer and longer as we live longer and pension age gets higher and not many of us want to do the same thing forever and also sort of the world of work is changing so fast with like AI and we're needing to all pick up new skill sets and so rather than just sort of driving learn one thing and drive forward and up it's like actually can we expand sideways more is that falling up might take you to a dead end yeah that you can move around your skills might be out of date or like yeah or you just might exactly you might be in an area that is just sort of 
falling away. So expanding your skills is kind of quite a, like a risk mitigating yeah. <laughs> exercise at the moment. So there's a real trend for that and how a company can help you do that by paying for training externally, internally, and really focusing on that kind of nurturing what you want, what, what will fulfill you. Um, to learn about. I think yeah. that's really that's really important right now. It feels like a very hopeful trend. Oh, no, I think it is a trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite an optimistic one. Um, well, I think that's a, an awesome note to end on. I'm, I'm pretty clear now what an MVP is. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Um, when people want to find out more about what you can do and how you can help them, where do they head to? Yeah, you can head to our website, wearethelovs.co.uk, or track us down on LinkedIn. Just and we'll, we'll we put the some loves. links in the show notes to especially those videos she talks about. Good luck with the award. Thank you so much. Awesome. Nice to speak to you. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Thrivalism. And if you enjoyed it, which I hope you did because you stayed all the way to the end, do give us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks and see you soon. 